0: I just mentioned ethical marketing, like a lot of the legal rules, if you're just doing business like as a good person, they're really easy to comply with. And so I think that is kind of something that we saw with several of the points that we included in the report is that like transparency is required. It's not optional anymore. You know, following these rules and regulations, it's just becoming more and more important.
1: Welcome to the Online Creator Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tradewell, founder of May & James Co., a creative digital company. Building a brand is about human connection. I am here to help you articulate your story through strategy, development, and execution. I believe that anything is possible at any age and at any stage of business. The only limits we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. I want you to feel like you are supported, not alone, and that you are able to take action quickly. On this podcast, expect to hear interviews from a wide range of guest speakers, bite-sized solo episodes from myself, bingeable episodes that will give you insights, different perspectives, and actionable strategies to help you reach your goals personally and professionally. Now let's get into the show. Autumn Whit Boyd is an experienced and relatable lawyer who helps coaches and online educators reach their big goals. Together with her team at the AWB firm, Autumn guides online businesses as they grow. She has special expertise in copyright and trademark issues, and her firm offers full service legal support. Welcome to the show, Autumn. Hi, Autumn. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a conversation with me today.
0: Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes.
1: So one of the first questions that I love asking all of my uh, guests on the show is, How have you used your voice to really kind of better your business or your life? And maybe it looks a little different from where you are now to where you were.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I have been a lawyer almost 20 years. I've had my own law firm about eight years now. Um, So, you know, in the beginning as a baby lawyer, I used my voice mostly in court on behalf of my clients. And then as I've been growing my own business, I don't go to court anymore. Thank goodness. We mostly try to avoid that. But it has definitely evolved. I um, kind of found early in my business, meeting people, connecting with people that going on podcasts was one of my very favorite things to do very early on. And I ended up starting our own podcast fairly early on as well. I tend to be with writing very meticulous. I think that's just the lawyer in me. So So cool. Yeah, but I found that like writing a blog post took me forever, Mm -hmm. but I could just do a Facebook live video or a podcast recording and, you know, just jot down some bullets and just kind of go to town and talk off the top of my head. Um, And so, yeah, it's evolved very much.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love that. I feel like I am constantly telling entrepreneurs you have to pick a platform. So it's either writing, it's video or it's audio. You have to pick one that you're going to keep showing back up for. And then you know you'll you'll show up because you enjoy doing it and you're excited. So I love that you shared that story. How does your personality now, being a lawyer and having that background and expertise, were you always comfortable talking in front of people, or was it d- just depending on the topic, or like how d- how has that evolved, or is that just something that's come naturally?
0: No, well I'll tell you um, something funny. I'm an intellectual property lawyer, mostly copyright and trademark, and I think every copyright lawyer is a frustrated artist. The more I meet, everyone is like, "I used to be a musician." So I didn't um, know that I used to do musical theater. Oh my! <laughs> so, so it, it cool. has come naturally just because it's you know I've been on stage and singing in front of people for a long time. Oh my god, that's um, so cool!
1: Yeah, that's so cool. I didn't know that, so now I'm gonna have to like. I have a really good friend who's a lawyer, but um, not not an intellectual property lawyer. So, but you know, it's funny because uh, growing up, we actually grew up together, and I never actually ever saw him becoming a lawyer, like. Like, he could be a stand up comedian. Like, his uh, timing is ridiculous. Like, he's so good. He's so good at telling stories. If I try to repeat his story, it would never sound the same. Like, you know, they'd be like, Oh, was that supposed to be funny, mom? Like, that's not, that's not funny.
0: Okay. I definitely, to this day, like, if I have to go talk to a judge, like, I still get nervous. I mean, yeah. that I don't think ever goes away.
1: Oh, for sure. I can't even imagine, right? It's that whole like intimidation almost it's just because we such a professional and, you know, setting. Oh, that's so cool. I love that story. Let's shift a little bit more into what you do then and, and lean into that. You sent over, I think it's really fascinating, I would, want, I would love to get into this, that your team recently put together a 2023 Legal Trends Report for online business owners. Can you talk a little bit about this report and, and what it kind of showcased, or was there any aha moments for you and what
0: people are saying? Yeah, so my team last year... Um, we, you know, we have a million, like many online, bus- yeah, we run our law firm as kind of an online business. We do all the online marketing, marketing things. Yes, And we have a million handouts and templates and yep. PDFs and all the mm-hmm. things. And we really wanted to kind of have a foundational thing that we kind of like were putting our flag in the ground and saying like, this is what we believe, this is what we think is important. Mm-hmm. And we work with a lot of the really large businesses in the online space, a lot of the larger Uh, People who sell online courses or have coaching programs. We work with Amy Porterfield and the Speaker Lab and lots of, you know, different names that people would probably recognize. So we are really privileged. We get to see behind the curtain of their business. So I never want to, you know, of course, betray any confidences or tell any secrets. We take that very seriously. But there are certain things that we kept seeing over and over in the last couple of years, especially since COVID, you know, the business has shifted a lot. So we put together this report so it could just be, A, I want people to know about this stuff because I want to help them avoid making these expensive mistakes if they can. Yeah. And there's just a lot of stuff that no one is talking about. Yeah. Um, so all, all of that to say, I'm really proud of it. I'm happy to dig into some of it with you. Yeah. So, well, let's start with what are some of the
1: key findings and, you know, like even just, and well, first of all, I guess maybe how does someone even access it?
0: Yes. Let's start it, with that. Yes, it is our website. To okay. So I'll put
1: that in our show notes it for is, sure. Yeah.
0: It's right there on the front page at the top. If you go to mm-hmm. awbfirm.com, it's just my initials. Perfect. And you do it like yearly? It's like a yearly thing? We, this is our second version. Yeah. Okay. So I think it will become, and I've actually, I've got dreams of yeah. maybe doing um not a summit, but like a, I don't know, some sort of like the state of online business kind of yes. gathering or, um you know, thought leadership, something. That would be so cool. Yeah. So we'll see cool. how that evolves, but um, oh. yeah, it's like it's It's been fantastic. Yeah. So let's get into
1: like then what what are you seeing as like some of the key findings or, or top legal issues that online business owners are like coming to you for support on or something that they need to, you know, people should be thinking about if you're in this online space.
0: Yeah. So and if you are on social media and watching influencers, you've probably seen some of these topics, too. So they're definitely not unique to just online kind of info businesses. Yeah. But we've seen a lot of movement around um, Federal Trade Commission, FTC rules, which okay. require that if you are uh, you know, sponsoring something or if you have received compensation, if you've been paid to talk about something or if you are an affiliate for something, you're promoting somebody else's stuff, there's very strict requirements that. Basically, you just have to tell people that you have, you know, you're not an unbiased third party, that you may have an interest in that. and You know, you can still say I'm sharing my honest opinion, but there's pretty strict rules about letting people know when they're listening to you that the version they're getting may not be totally unbiased.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's kind of like I would have like an asterisk under my show notes saying, you know, these are some great things that I've talked about, but I am an affiliate for them. That's exactly. Or
0: such and such is an advertiser or, right. you know, whatever. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And you see them on social media posts like such and such partner or ad or sponsored or any of those things. There's hard, but we've seen some pretty big fines come down this year right. for some pretty big influencers. And the, it's interesting the way it's showing up for our clients is when they have disgruntled customers, they are kind of using it as leverage. Like, I'm going to report you because I don't think you're doing this the right way. Uh, so it's interesting. It's not. Necessarily, the FTC is really only going after very, very large players. But the state attorney generals are also kind of starting to take some action there. So we're starting to see our clients getting complaints, people filing complaints against them. Uh, so it's really important that you're doing that the right way so that that can't become a problem.
1: That totally makes sense. And I can only imagine like what the growth in online businesses and and business for you because of this growth in the last several years, right? Like, I mean, prior to COVID, because they just said there was like this influx of people. And I'm sure there's been some shifting now that, you know, people have kind of gone back to work. But I don't see this space going away. I only see it like increasing. And I'm sure you do, too. So they probably have to put some of these things in place to protect
0: No, there's right? a lot of get rich quick schemes. Like a lot yeah. of people in 2020, like you said, everybody was at home. There was a huge uptick in the number yeah. of online businesses. And now we're kind of in a weeding out period, I think. Like a lot of people, 2020 was a record year. 2021 was maybe a little harder. 2022 yeah. was just weird for a lot of like. So I think we're in kind of a reckoning, honestly, uh, which Absolutely. is a bad thing. Like I, I am a big believer in delivering on the promises you make and ethical business practices, which right. kind of goes hand in hand with legal compliance.
1: A hundred and ten percent. So was there anything that came out of this trend report that surprised you, maybe?
0: Yeah, I think I just mentioned ethical marketing, like a lot of the legal rules, if you're just doing business like as a good person, they're really easy to comply with. And so I think that is kind of uh something that we saw with several of the points that we included in the report is that like transparency is required. It's not optional anymore. You know, following these rules and regulations, it's just becoming more and more important. So, you know, if you're gonna be the sleazy bro marketer, you're probably gonna have some legal problems too, because a lot of that stuff, it seems very common because a lot of people do it, but a lot of people are doing things the wrong way. And It's been a bit of the wild, wild west, but I think that is starting to hopefully go away a little bit. Yeah.
1: So I know you, uh, you mentioned before that like most of your clients are the bigger online business clients that have reached some of those high, you know, gross years. As a new entrepreneur that is listening to the show, what are some like what are some tips or strategies or advice that you would give them for being able to set a good foundation to be able to grow and scale from? Because we're, we're always hoping that we'll get to that, you know, seven or eight figure year, but we're just we got to start somewhere. So yeah. what would be
0: some good advice starting? Out yes. And you reminded me, I forgot to give my standard disclaimer, which yeah. is I am a lawyer, but this is not legal advice. So please take this as, you know, information to get your wheels yes. turning. The good news here is when your business is newer or smaller or lower revenue, none of that is bad, by the way. I say that without any kind of criticism. Like you said, we all start somewhere and not everybody wants a huge business, which is fine. A lot of us just started businesses because we didn't want to have a a job anymore. The good news there is that legal, really all of these protections and things we're talking about, we're looking at how can we avoid risk or mitigate risk. And when you have a smaller business with less revenue and fewer customers and clients, you have a lot less risk. Right. So the legal protections you need are a lot simpler. So I am a big fan of like you don't need to spend thousands of dollars on a lawyer or trademarks or hiring for individual you know contracts and things like that right in the beginning. I I okay. don't think it's necessary. Again, I'm just one lawyer. Right, right. That is that is my approach. Um so the number one thing that I always recommend is figure out how you're making money. So for most people in the beginning you're either consulting or doing maybe creative work That's going to be your client. You know, your client relationships are your revenue stream. So putting a contract around that, that's simple and easy to understand, but is really clear, protects both sides, is even handed. Um, That is my number one recommendation. Because I mean, even with our seven and eight figure clients, when they have a problem, the first place we always look is their contracts. Right. And that guides a lot of our decision making. So if you're if you've got a solid contract and you're in a really good position, you know, everybody has little bumps in the road here and there. Um, that's just growing pains. And people yes. are people. So not everything goes perfectly. But if you everybody was on the same page in the beginning, you've got it in writing, it just sets you up for a really positive way to resolve those differences. Absolutely.
1: That's the best piece of advice I got when I first started out too. I took a course from a very, you know, I did my research. I made sure. somebody reputable. And that was like her first piece of advice was for us to be really structured in a way that there was a contract in place for us and the client. And so I have never gone back. It's just something that I keep working on to tweak and make better. And the other cool thing that I didn't realize, and I think, I mean, I'm from Canada or from the States, so there's lots of differences, but we have to kind of figure out, you know, what the tax laws are and all the legalities wherever we live. Um, But there's a lot of like DAs and lawyers that will give you an hour of their time as like kind of like you know for free I'm quoting air quoting because they're hoping that you will come back to them obviously when you do kind of get a little bit more established in your business to be able to like ask them for advice but paid advice next time and I know I did that with my husband over the break in December and it was like with a CA and it was like like an aha I was like okay because the business background isn't something I've had like I you know I come from the wellness background so like health and wellness and that's definitely you don't you know need to learn a lot about your numbers when it's always taken care of somebody just pays you but when you're into business you have to learn whether you like it or not you have to learn like those all the legalities and where your money's going and how it's going and in what direction and keeping it all organized is really really important and to have that good foundation so I would suggest to checking that out and seeing if there is that possibility, because I know I learned so much in that hour and we are definitely going back to them because they treated us so well. So, yeah, I think there's some really great places to start for sure. Yeah. Like I find this online industry so, so cool and amazing. Is there any like advice or I don't know, I'm trying to think of like because you have such a broad scope of who you've seen in the industry. Is there Something that you can share with us around like who one of your, some of your favorite clients are and the things that they put in place that have really helped them build that good foundation or something that, you know, kind of would spark some inspiration for others that are listening?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can't go into specific names, but yeah, just kind of as sure. a general, I would say, One of the really important things, again, this is when you're a little bit further along, this is not a day one thing. But as you start growing your team, you may find that you bring on contractors in the beginning. A lot of people are a little nervous about hiring employees, Mm -hmm. which is fair because it is like you've got real compliance. I always joke, like you got to pull on your big girl panties when you have an employee. There's a lot of things. There's scares me. (laughs) There's just and I mean, you have a responsibility to them. It is, you know, it goes both ways. But. As you have a couple team members and maybe you're thinking about bringing on employee consulting with a lawyer or an HR Mm. expert to make sure that you are checking the laws. I don't know in Canada if they're quite as different, but I know in the United States, it is different in every state. Even yeah. in some cities, there are extra cities, yeah. requirements. So, and it is, it is somewhere that we see people getting in trouble. So I kind totally of doing that, that right from the beginning is, is yeah. something that we are helping a lot of our clients with. You don't need a handbook. You don't need, you don't have to do benefits from day one, but just making right. sure that you've got everybody, you've got all the paperwork correct. Yeah, the the fines can be really serious if you mess it up, and And it can feel really intimidating. So I think that is
1: like a good place to just kind of be like, okay, even like the CA was like, okay, when you make when you're at this benchmark, then you need to come back to me. (laughs) And we're like, okay, okay, so we're not quite there, but you know, soon. And the same thing with like contract work and or between having a consultant hired on to help, or um, you know, without having to pay all those things, like that's always a good place to start because. It's a little bit easier and it doesn't feel as intimidating. But when you do feel like, okay, this is where I want to step into, definitely reach out and seek some advice because it will pay off in the long run. I'm sure I can't even imagine not having somebody in your corner.
0: And that is somewhere where we see a lot of bad advice on, you know, from the internet experts. So, you know, just don't, don't trust them maybe what you read. Like it really is individual. It depends on what the person's doing and where they're located and where you're located.
1: Yeah, like, it really,
0: there are not a lot of black and white rules. It's very particular to your situation.
1: Yes, and where you're located. If you're creating video or audio content, for your online business, then you need to check out the platform Descript. Descript is an all-in-one audio and video editor that makes editing as easy as a Word doc. Upload media or record directly in Descript to instantly transcribe your file into text. Then tweak the text to directly edit your media clips. Edit out filler words such as um, ahs, and likes, and silent gaps with a single click. Record your screen and webcam for presentations and video messages and edit out mistakes before hitting publish. Use pro-editing features such as a non-destructive, multi-track editing, live collaboration, auto-captioning, exports, and much more. To try this platform risk-free, check out the free plan at descript.com or check out the link in the show notes. Okay, so I'm going to lean into a little bit about what I do in the podcast world. So as a podcast strategist, I help out clients, obviously, create audio assets. And I know I've had some clients that have had some bigger names come on as guests. And they are like, nope, we're going to have a contract in place. And then I have uh, had others that were like, you know, we're just starting out. Is it really necessary? And it's really hard. Like, have you given advice out for that
0: kind of end? Like, And yeah, what does absolutely. that look like? Yeah. So, well, I I mean, disclaimer I am a lawyer. I love a contract. So, I'm always going to say it's never a bad idea to have a contract. No matter where Um, you are. Yeah. No matter where you are. But I understand in the podcast industry and having been a podcaster and on lots of podcasts, it is Mm -hmm. definitely not standard for people to use a podcast guest agreement all the time. I'm seeing it more frequently and maybe you're starting to I, see it. I am too more frequently. Yeah. Yeah. And I I was on a pretty big podcast and they I was not allowed to book my time until I signed the contract. So mm-hmm. there are some people who take it very seriously, which is not a bad thing. Bad but thing. you know, it's important, especially like you said, if you are dealing with bigger personalities, having some protections for both sides, like can I edit? What, how can I edit? Do you, I have to give you approval? You know, usually the answer is no, but you want yeah. that to be very clear you know, the right not to air the episode, you know, there's all kinds of eventualities that can come up. Absolutely. Um, Well,
1: I've been thinking about like whether I can use video snippets or not. Like I always let people know and I put it in the, I talk about it, but Not because a lot of people would be like, listen, I'm just showing up for audio. So I don't want my face (laughs) at all. And that's totally respectful.
0: I appreciated the heads up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Right. But but that's good. And I think that's that kind of covers. And then also, are they promoting? What are they promoting? And then like all of those things. And is there it's just, yeah, like if you get into some of those bigger names and more things, you should be thinking about that and putting that in place. So I think and I will say, especially
0: we've got a couple of clients who are starting like podcast networks. And maybe Mm -hmm. hiring others to produce podcasts for them. And that is just a whole other ball of wax. So that is like definitely want an agreement because I mean, we've seen like sometimes there's a breakup and then it's like, Mm -hmm. who owns the podcast? Who can take, who can continue the podcast? Is it the company? Is it the host? Like that can get very messy. So that is definitely something to think about on the front end when everybody's friendly and like, there's no real money at stake. Like it's all hypothetical. So true. That's the best time to figure out like how how would we want the breakup to go if we did end up there.
1: Oh, that's such good advice and I think that's really important to remember to carry on and and to move forward in whatever world we're working in mine just happens to be audio. So I, would I say love the Same that. thing
0: for yeah, any collaboration or any kind of yes. project like that. Yeah, because I feel like that is a
1: thing too. That more and more people are trying to collaborate on things. I know I have collaborated with another online business owner in regards to like a course. Like mm-hmm. she's like bigger into marketing, and I'm obviously bringing the audio strategist to the table. And then what does that look like if it builds and scales or it continues outside of us, right? Because now it's like recorded and put away. Do we have something in writing? And you know, we should probably. <laughs>
0: Even with all these I, things. Like I said, I'm a big fan. Like, you don't have to go spend $5,000 no, and sure. put together a super fancy agreement.
1: But you know, maybe something.
0: it's just, yeah, maybe it's just even some emails. I mean, I don't love emails because yes. it's kind of yeah, hard to. But something that you could refer yeah. back to in writing is better than anybody's smart. memory.
1: Yes, I think that's absolutely yeah. smart. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to bring forward That's that you've seen or something from the trend report that we need to go back to? Because I can't wait to actually dig into that more. I think... I think it's something that we all should be aware of what's happening in this online space, um, like from a legal lens. And so I love that you guys are doing that. And I hope it will be a yearly thing for sure. So, but is there anything else that I missed that you would like to, you would like to talk about?
0: I'll highlight just one other thing, which is kind of a, I don't want to say, I don't know, controversial, but like an unpopular opinion, which is like copyright and trademark lawyer. So we, we file those all day. We, you know, send a lot of cease and desist letters. That's my jam. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people, Kind of jump into that too quickly. Uh, maybe they have a new idea, a new course, even a new podcast, and they go right to like, oh, well, I need to protect it. I need to lock it down. And you know, and yeah. what I find is that there is so much experimentation, especially with a newer business, yes. that like I cannot tell you how many trademark applications we have filed. That it takes about eighteen months now, and when we get the certificate, they're not even using it anymore. And that is. Like, it just is heartbreaking yep. for me because it's expensive and it's time-consuming. It's thousands of dollars <laughs> if you're working with a lawyer. It's hundreds of dollars if you're filing it on your own. So, it's you know, it's not nothing. Yeah. And so I really encourage people, if, you've, if you're if you trying something new, like, definitely run what I call a clearance search just to make sure nobody else is using it already. Mm-hmm. Because in the United States, at least, we have what we call a race system for trademarks. So the first person to use a name, they win the race. They get all the rights. Um, but If you file a registration application, if you were not the first one, someone can still come out of the woodwork and cause you problems. So we want to make sure we're not stepping on anyone's toes. So, you know, run a little search, which you can totally do yourself on Google. Do like a deep Google fourth or fifth page. Go on the trademark office website, you know, see if there's anything the same or similar Mm -hmm. and you can make your judgment call. Uh, But I would say like wait until you have proof of concept to worry about registering the trademark. Like I would much rather you put a contractor on it
1: uh, yes. than
0: than worry about that right at the beginning.
1: Yes, it's kind of like just like even your proof of offer. Have you sold your offer more than
0: once? Yes. Because if you haven't, maybe you you know. And then if you
1: have, then you can start looking into it a little bit more and tweaking it. Because even just from experience in that end, it's that has evolved over the past year and a half for me. Like yeah. the way I interact and work and and my offers, like those have all changed and. And I don't see that actually changing. I feel like (laughs) most of us are constantly evolving and tweaking how we work and how we because I love working one on one with clients, but it's also exhausting. So, you know, how do I look a little bit bigger lens of what does this company actually look like moving forward? Because my time is very valuable, just like everybody's. And so how do we use it the best way? So I love that you offered that as advice. And I think that's a great way to wrap up this conversation, because that's
0: like, I will brilliant. often say, like, do you think you're going to keep this for three to five years? So it doesn't be yes. forever, but I yeah. want it to be long enough that you're going to get some ROI on that investment. Yes.
1: <laughs> we don't just do <laughs> these
0: things for nothing. Right no. And,
1: but yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of us are just like right away, boom. Nope. We got to get trademarked. And so there's so much fear.
0: Because, and I just find yeah. like those are not usually even when we, we do. And we like I said, we send a lot of cease and desist letters. We see a lot of copycats. But yeah. very rarely is it actually impacting the bottom line of the business. Right. And actually confusing people. Yes. So that's the good news.
1: (laughs) That is the good news. Oh, my gosh. Okay, before I let you go, I usually love doing a a quick little rapid fire question with you just to get to know who you are as a human a little bit more. Um, But how do people find you to be able to work with you or find out more information? Or I know I'm going to put the trends report in the show notes and I will put your contact information.
0: But do you guys have like an Instagram page or a website? Yeah, we're AWB firm everywhere. It's just my initials. So awbfirm.com, awbfirm on Instagram, all the places.
1: That is perfect. That's perfect.
0: Um, Actually, I would love to know,
1: before we get into this round of questions, I'd love to know, like, how did it, you know, you you kind of mentioned it briefly at the beginning, how did you know you wanted to lean more into this online space?
0: It was total total accident. Yeah? Yes. When I left my last firm, so I was a copyright litigator. I used to go to court and, and uh, represented mostly photographers and stock photo agencies. Okay. So I knew I didn't want to do that anymore, but I wanted to yeah. kind of use that skill set for businesses and be a little more proactive. So where I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we have a big startup community.
1: So okay. I Which
0: thought like, I'm going to be time. the startup lawyer. It's yes. a
1: perfect match.
0: And then it's so funny what you mentioned about getting a free hour of an attorney's yeah. time. So all the big law firms here do that for startup companies. Okay. So if I, I was trying to charge for my time. And no no one wanted to pay for it. So it very clearly came, you know, I was like, this is not how I'm going to feed my family. Yeah. Yes. So as I was kind of floundering and looking around for what else I could do, I was listening to podcasts. I love podcasts. I was trying to learn about marketing and sales because I had no background in any of that they do not teach that so in law familiar, school. Right? Yes. And it, it, this was 2015. So there were tons of Facebook groups, like every podcast had a Facebook group community. Yes. And yeah. so I was in all these Facebook groups and people were, would, you know, I was just there to learn, but people would ask legal questions and I would answer and be helpful. And there were no other lawyers there. No. So it just kind of was very natural and accidental. Like I just, people said, can you help me with a contract? And I said, sure. And then I just really liked the people that I was working with. Like they were yes. nice and they were doing interesting things. Yeah. And one person tells a friend and then I started going on podcasts. You know, it was it was very natural. We oh, just grown so- bit by bit. That's
1: such a cool story. Uh, and yeah. that's, that's amazing. And it's funny because the people that I know locally, like even my friend who's a lawyer, he's like, What, what, hey, like it's just like I can't even talk to anybody really local because they Same. just have no idea. My friends just think I have a hobby, which is fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. But it is real.
0: Uh, But that's really now what sets us apart, I think, as a law firm is that, you know, we we understand all the lingo, we understand the business model, and most big law firms do not. Oh my God. I 100% agree. I think it's actually
1: a really unique spin on, um, you know, your professional background and what you can bring to the table and what will set you apart and what does set you apart. So I think that's amazing. Okay. So rapid fire questions. Let's start with. How do you, I mean, you deal with a lot of paperwork, I'm sure. Like, how do you like shake off like all of that craziness to get excited to come back in the next day? What's your stress reliever when you go home?
0: Um, Gosh, well, we mentioned before we hit record, I have three kids. Uh, so they shake me right on out of that. I have a six year old daughter who is just very into dance and music. And oh, perfect. It is just, it. it's a total circus. So I would say that that is, that shakes
1: it off for me. <laughs> it brings you back, right? Are you a reader or you love yes. audio? Okay. So you love audio. You said you love podcasts. I'm also a big you, reader. Yes. You are. Have you yeah. dabbled into the world of audiobooks at all? I'm curious because I always find that interesting. People like love books that are readers. I've just this past year downloaded a couple just to try. And I'm kind of like, I love both. I love both. But what did, what is your take
0: on that? I never was really an audiobook listener, but I have found I've had a really hard time getting through nonfiction lately because I'm t- I, like, I'll get through three pages and fall asleep. So okay. I've started listening to them and I have made much more progress listening. It because It's almost like a podcast. It's like you're just learning and and um, so I depends, do like yeah. I don't love fiction like I would rather read because I just love reading um, I know me too a, me a too. book or my Kindle yeah
1: yeah yeah one of my first audiobooks was Green Lights with Matthew McConaughey so I think it's also like really interesting on who actually is like the yes. voice over and yes, if it's I've been actually listening the person
0: to, yes I've been listening to Spare with Prince Harry and oh, okay um it's it makes it you know Kind
1: of cool. It kind of adds that you know, it's like a podcast. Like like you said, it it adds that person, who doesn't like listening to both of their voice? (laughs) Right? Their accents are crazy. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's so cool. That's so interesting. And then oh my gosh, there's so many good things. You bring so much good stuff. Is there something that you're really proud of that you accomplished um, in, in 2022 maybe that was like, uh, it was like an aha for you and it's something that you're just really super proud of and it can be personally or professionally?
0: Yeah, we had a big professional win. We, hit, we had our first million dollar revenue year. So that was very, very exciting. And it was, you know, brick by brick and little by little to get there. It was in year eight of so business. Exciting. So, you know, it wasn't That's like day so one, exciting. but... Yeah. Do you and have we, a pretty good team now? Like how? I was about to team? say we now have ten people on the team, including me. So yes, it is definitely not not me by myself. Yeah. It's a oh big my team. god, that's huge. Yeah. That is and like an I'm amazing a part time to full time. But yeah, because we are one on one services as most you know. So it, yes. it takes people to do. It that. sure does.
1: It's a people business, and that's what yeah. we all are. in basically, if you're showing up online in some capacity, it's a people business at the end yeah. of the day. So.
0: No, it is oh a joy that we have an incredible team. They are rock stars. So that is and really. And that's,
1: that's what makes it, right? Like yeah. if you, you know, and that's what makes you coming back and excited to be in the office with your coworkers is when you have those um, teams like that. So that's fantastic. Yes. You're such a personal person. I am so grateful that we have met over a virtual coffee chat. And <laughs> it's such a crazy world. But thank you again so much for your time and your energy. I encourage those that are listening to check out your website to learn more information and to check out legal trends report, because I think it's super fascinating. and It might shine a little bit of a light onto what we need to be at least aware of and how to protect ourselves in business, because I think it's very important that we have a foundation. So thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. This was awesome. Thanks so much for listening into the show. It truly means so much to me. You can check out the important links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes and please join the conversation over on Instagram at me and James Co. I love hearing from you. There are so many great conversations coming up, so please make sure you are subscribed to Apple or Spotify or any of your favorite media players so that you don't miss out. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share and leave a review and a rating because it helps us so very much. Until next time.